Hey everybody, welcome to another end of a season of Star Trek. We made it to the end of the third season of Star Trek Voyager. Clay, how are you? Good. I we finally listen. Is this might be the best season of Star Trek Voyager cuz man, I felt like I was right there on that 75-year journey the whole time. <laughs> it's the most uh it captures the theme of the the season so well compared most, to all the other most of that trip is going to be boring and kind of uneventful <laughs> and disappointing so maybe <laughs> maybe it was actually the best season we should have done a uh we should have thought about this a little bit more and had like a special guest star that represents like the Kazon and then we just abandoned them and we never talked to them again on the podcast you know yes. just they just joined us for a little bit of voyager's uh time that might have been a fun idea actually to do that yeah, we're here to talk about Scorpion, so buckle up, everybody. This get over is, here, guys. Get over here. This is the 26th and final episode of the third season of Star Trek Voyager. It came out on May 21st, 1997. It is one of two in the Scorpion arc. <laughs> the next one is going to be two of two in the Scorpion arc. Written by the magical duo of Brandon Braga and Joe Minoski, directed by David Livingston, in universe date 50984.3, which is 2373 and 2374. Interesting. Is there a time jump in this? No. Uh, I guess it's just the new year. They're just celebrating the new year, I guess, while this is happening. In this episode called Scorpion, upon entering Borg space, Voyager encounters an alien race even more powerful than the Borg and bent, hellbent for leather, bent on destroying all life in the galaxy, leading Captain Janeway to enter in an alliance with the Borg in order to order to defeat them. Season finale. So here we are. It's a uh, season-ending two-parter. We're doing the first part now, and as always, we cover the first part as a standalone podcast, and we'll be back next week or two <coughs> weeks from now with this, the, uh, the wrap-up of Scorpion Part 2 which is the first episode of the fourth season. And I have to clarify, I'm, I don't know if I it's told you this, Clay, or if I remember, if you remember. I, for some reason, I thought that Seven appears in this episode. She does not, which makes a lot more sense, actually, that she's only in the season after this, that she's not in sure. this part at all. I, so I, if I did say that, I apologize for leading everybody astray. I have no way of knowing because... No memory. I don't, I don't listen to a word you're saying. No, no memory. There's, there's a lot of shiny objects. I'm going to start now. <laughs> <clears throat> I just, I see you, I see your lips stop moving. I go, oh, he's done. All right. Anyway, here, on to the next uh, thing. So yeah, what most people don't know is we actually do this um, European style, <laughs> the way that they used to shoot Italian movies where they'd have a German guy, an American guy, an Italian guy all speaking their own language. And then they yep. would just wait till the person stops talking and then you say their line. Yeah, I'm glad you had a good Easter. Anyway, so on to, <laughs> on, on, to, on to Scorpion. I don't know. Where do you want to start with this one? We're not really, I, for some reason, I opened this as if it was a wrap up podcast, but it's not. This is just about Scorpion. So I don't know. What'd you think of Scorpion? Uh, I ups and downs. Is this the first John Reese Davies Star Trek ap- appearance? I can look that up. It, it might have been. He plays, yeah. uh, Leonardo, Leonardo in this yeah. one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought the I thought the opening was good. So you get you you got this thing where the Borg this is his only his only appearance is this. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. The Borg are now in um latter years professional star professional wrestler mode where yep. you're using the the Borg to put over a bigger talent, basically. Right. Um. And I would do say expl- this is- Do you want to explain that for people who don't don't know wrestling terms? 
Sure. Basically, uh, when, when, when you're a big star in the wrestling world, eventually um, your value goes from selling tickets for, because you're the main event to losing to younger guys to make them the next main event. Yeah. And, your your uh, innate value is you no longer have the athleticism of what you used to provide, but you still have a name that is sellable. Yes. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, Hulk Hogan, for instance, very famous example. Hulk Hogan, champion, WWF forever, put over the Ultimate Warrior, who was the new hottest thing. It's like, well, if the Ultimate Warrior can beat Hulk Hogan, that's like the the mark of a, the the anointing that he's the next guy. <clears throat> very much, very much like that situation. Um, they put over this new talent in the episode. And uh, ultimately seems to be kind of disappointing once you actually get a good look at them. <laughs> so I I thought the, and I say that as a big Ultimate Warrior fan of the character, not so much the person. Anyway, different story. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I, I was kind of into it. I was into, y- y- what else can you do with the Borg at this point? Aside from, I knew this was going to happen eventually where it's like, all right, well, we got to use the Borg. <clears throat> to have something else come in and to show you how dangerous this thing is, the Borg are afraid of it. So if the Borg are afraid of it, it means it's even crazier than the Borg. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was, I thought the uh, bi- biomechanical ship was pretty cool. Like I think that scene was, they probably don't do that stuff as quite as well as they did on enterprise. Honestly, yeah, Enter- like, enterprise, does, enterprise does the, the creepiness better. Yep. Um, and then, and then that first guy, Busts out through the, wall through the wall in all his late 90s CGI glory. And I just went, oh, because <laughs> it was well, very, uh, very underwhelming. Would you have preferred a guy with a funny nose piece coming through with a gun? Uh, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, I guess it is what it is at this point. But it, 25 something years on it, it didn't exactly fill me with the dread i think they were trying to and also like, I, I thought the scene leading up to them was pretty good i thought sure. that like the being yeah. on the cube and like you hear it sort of like stomping around like it's a resident evil uh monster or something and you're like oh what the, what the hell's going on uh boarding the ship was pretty good like i um my takeaway from this episode is that it is it's overtly attempting to cop. It's a t- overtly. Well, this is like the aliens to alien version of Star Trek where they're trying mm-hmm. to beef up the best of both worlds. They're like, you thought one Borg cube was great. Here's 15 of them in your fucking face. And it's, it's both good and bad for that in some ways. Like it's a, uh, everything feels bigger. It's, Probably the best like action episode Voyager has done, I think, so far, mm-hmm. and just in terms of like raw action. I feel it's um I feel like it's enjoyable. I just I I I, I kind of come back to the like you had mentioned uh species eight four seven two's appearance not really blowing you over with how they look and everything like that. I feel the same about apparently the uh the writers thought that a big moment for this one that they visualized, like the, the Bran, uh, Braga and Minoski had this idea of like that they talked about in the memory alpha of one of the images that they had was their image of 
the 15 Borg cubes going past Voyager. That was like, mm-hmm. they, they thought that that would be like a really special image thing to do. And it reminds me strongly of Aliens, which is just like you had more of them. Not that Aliens is bad, but it's a different kind of movie. You had more of these things and that causes a problem. But I also, I find myself just going back to best of both worlds. And there's something so cool and eerie about the one cube that when you mm. do 15 of them, and them going past Voyager causes Voyager to like bounce out of the way of all of them. It's like, eh, this isn't quite as cool as it was before. I know that you think 15 of them should be impressive, but it does. It strikes me as less impressive to have more of them moving at you like that. But but that's not the point they're doing it, though. They're not doing it to be to one up best of both worlds. They're doing it to show you how scary this other thing is i know but it it doesn't change the fact that seeing a lot of board cubes makes them seem less impressive oh sure just seeing one yeah i would agree with that yeah yeah it's um i think that the episode kind of has its ups and downs i think it's i think it's enjoyable i think there's some i i think uh i think the 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 new species is disappointing for a number of reasons, not only because of the way they look, <clears throat> excuse me, but also because it seems like such a uninspired kind of copy of what the Borg do. It's like just the the inverse of the Borg, which doesn't make a ton of sense. And they uh, <clears throat> and, and that they just are out to destroy. My my problem with well, them is that their their motivation seems to just be we want to kill everything, which is not particularly right, great. Right. Yeah. Well, the the Borg are we can assimilate everything, and their thing is nothing can assimilate us. So right. it's just so the opposite we're of the kill. Borg. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have a cool catchphrase. They try to give them a cool catchphrase, but it doesn't work. It's pretty lame. Um, What's that? The 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 weak shall perish. The, the or weak shall saying? perish. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. You know, it's it, it feels Doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, it it feels too sweaty for me. Yeah, um, sure. and uh, ultimately, the only reason they're there is they're there in service for something that's that's interesting, um, which is Janeway having to make a deal with the Borg. That's yeah. the most interesting thing they do in the episode, and and it, but it just makes me feel like, all right, well, these guys, I don't, I'm not really expecting to see these guys ever again if after this couple episodes are are, are over. Yep, you see them in three or four episodes of Voyage, kind of like kind of like the Ultimate Warrior. He got the, he got the championship, and then he had a couple matches that were whatever, and then he just it wasn't quite working, and so they yeah. moved on. Yeah, yeah, I, um. I guess we can even start at the beginning before we go back to it. Uh, we we rail against the show for having the enterprise problem of bad cold opens. This is a great cold open. This is one of my favorite cold opens in yeah, all it's Star Trek. It's, it's very it's, fast. It's like it's, 30 it's seconds. very fast. It's a very effective idea. Um, my one qualm is that I I I really think the uh, first contact had come out before this. It must have. I they when they when they abandoned the way that the Borg sound in first contact, I think it was a big mistake. They they should just always use the first contact Borg voice because it sounds cool. And the, the Voyager and even the best of both world stuff, they don't sound quite as eerie or like unsettling when they talk. They're just like, hi, we are the Borg. It's, it's not quite as good. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's, I don't, I don't know where to go with it. So like the, I found this to be 
a very watchable episode of Voyager in a way that I have not been finding the Voyager episodes to be watchable. Mm -hmm. I think that it was fun in a different way. It's kind of mysterious in a different way. I thought that they had good character moments in it. I'm still, and it sounds like you're kind of the same, I'm still a little bit not impressed with the way that the Borg have been utilized in this show so far. Um, So if you remember back a couple episodes in the Unity episode when I brought up, like, I know Scorpion is coming at the end of the season. Do you think Unity is an effective use of the Borg to set up the Borg for what they are? And I guess I can flesh out my point now is that if they knew that they were building towards the Borg as a season finale, Mm -hmm. I think they should have had a couple episodes of showing the Borg at their best against Voyager before getting to this. So that when you get here to Scorpion, when you're like, oh, shit, another Borg cube, and then it just goes past you and it's like we have bigger problems to deal with, you're like, wow. that like Because it it just feels a little bit like there was not the buildup that would have been effective to sell Species 8472 the way that they try to here in the terms of like being a season-long arc or like a season-long idea that you're developing Mm -hmm. down this line. No, I would agree with that. Yeah, it, um, if the only other time you've seen the Borg this season is is they're kind of not at one hundred percent, it kind of undercuts what they're doing here. What the use of them in this episode, which is, you know, the Borg are the ultimate, the ultimate evil, <clears throat> except for the more, the even more ultimate evil that is right. makes uh what what's what makes the boogeyman afraid, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think it would have been. Honestly, it probably would have been better if they had if this was the first Borg episode, frankly. Yeah. Um if if you had a choice between showing them less than 100 or just this being the first one, this is probably would be better served as the first one because you have them in your mind as what you, you you have them in your mind as what you remember them being, not what you, they were the last time you saw them. Wait, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. You know what yeah, well, I, you know what I mean? I, I think that the, the, the only counter argument would be like to it would against go against your argument against um Ahsoka or whatever that show is called. Like I, I think that for new viewers of Voyager, you probably need a Borg episode or two where you're like, Oh Jesus, like we gotta get that like Voyager barely survives an interaction with them and then sure. continues yeah. on. I, yeah, if you if you are going the serialized route, yes, yeah. ideally, yeah. Yeah, yes. And it's because I, I would even hesitate to say that that's super serialized. It's just like establishing that this is what you're dealing with down the line, really. It's not like a mm-hmm. continuing story or something. But I I just think that in a way that Aliens works for me, which is that you add a whole bunch of more aliens and it makes it a different kind of movie. It becomes an action movie instead of like a horror thriller type thing or slasher or whatever. Adding more Borg doesn't do the same for me. In mm-hmm. this, it's it just feels a little bit. Um, it feels a little bit too obvious that that's what they're trying to do. Like they're trying to make a big splash with introducing them, and I think that the the focus on them kind of also serves a little bit to undercut species eight four seven two because I don't think that you get enough of species eight four seven two. I don't know if you need it. What did you think? Like, do you think that there's enough information about them, or do you feel that they just kind of popped up out of nowhere, and that you just have to accept that that's what they are? Um, they certainly don't have an ethos. Like, they don't have a, a no. thing that's driving them. So they do function mostly as like they're a bad threat to the Borg. But I don't know. Like, should, should you have? 
in continuing the Borg interaction should they have tried to do what TNG did with the Borg, which is to hint at Species 8472 in the episodes that lead up to the Borg in the way that they did in TNG? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like I feel like it's kind of splitting hairs at that point. Um, because, yeah, I mean, obviously this stuff lands better if you have it thought out and lay the groundwork for it through the show but they haven't really proven that that's the kind of thing that they are interested in or can do effectively yep um so it doesn't really surprise me that much that they just kind of show up in this um i think where it gets a little bit dicey is when towards the end of the episode when it's like they're coming from possibly a different dimension like i i don't think you need that stuff now um I think if they had leaned more into just the the strength and the um the violence of and the unknow the unknowability of what's going on it probably would land a little better cuz once you get into the thing where it's like they they found this wormhole they're all coming out of or something it's like okay sure yep what you don't that's not something you need to explain right now you get into that in the next episode yes they do get into <clears throat> that in the next episode to explain them a little bit more but it's um I get I get them. I I think they serve their purpose, I suppose. Like so I mean, so moving away from like the A472 and the Borg conflict into what it does for Voyager, what I think is what it's probably the best thing about this episode is that it's uh it has a debate between the crew that is mm. unusual for the show. Like they hardly ever disagree with each other and Chicote and uh Janeway their ready room scene is probably one of the better Voyager scenes oh, really, yeah, about definitely. it. And it's yeah. like, well, I, why, why is that? It's the thing that, that I always say. It's because when you get when they, you have the two characters who have something to discuss, you know exactly what their point of view is. And so that point of view creates the drama of the scene and the tension of the scene because they have opposing viewpoints instead of just both just kind of hanging out and being, and you don't really know anything about any of these people. Yeah. Chakotay, you know exactly where Chakotay's coming from, you know exactly where Janeway's coming from, and it, you know, fuels it fuels the scene instead do of it kn- just Well, do you not think that they're backwards from each other? Their <clears throat> arguments are backwards. And that uh, Janeway is Janeway's promoting the we have to do whatever it takes to get home, and Chicote is saying we should follow the rules <laughs> about this. No, honestly, because one of the things I noticed in this one that I've been noticing through the whole show is that Chakotay seems very cool with just fucking off and just being like, yeah, we're not going to make it. Let's just find mm-hmm. a place. Anytime that option comes up, he's like, maybe we should think about it. <laughs> maybe we you should know, just retire to this point. He's not right? the one who's driving to get home. You know, Janeway has yeah. been doing it because it's her for, for herself and, but mostly for the, for the, uh, for the crew. But Chakotay has always been, well, I guess we're stuck here. Let's build a village and just live the rest of our lives. Even if he's been always been that way, is that the way he should be set up as the Maquis character? Because I, I, see, I don't really care. Too late for that. That, ship is, that ship has sailed at this I point. Don't think, I don't matter. think it's a bad decision to have them arguing the way that they are. I think it does add a little bit of um, fuel to the fire of Janeway's a little schizophrenic with her approach mm. to these things, because there have been other episodes where she's like, no, we have to follow the rules all the time. And this is the, this is the only way, even if it costs us three years of getting home, 
we're going to follow the rules. What's the so, rule here, though, that that they would follow? That they're they're not playing into this um, deal with the devil aspect. Like yeah. they just they should just leave things alone and not not they shouldn't give the Borg information to commit a genocide against another species just because it enables them to get home faster. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Janeway's arguing that. That's what Janeway's mm-hmm. saying that she wants to do. And there's no hint that she's going to say, you know, escort us there and then, oops, I'm not giving you the information and then we're just going to run away. It, it seems like she's legitimately considering doing this. Sure. Um, and I think that, I think that's where the decision to make Species 8472 pure evil came from. Because if there was a nuance to it, I think Janeway's decision actually becomes more difficult to it rather than... Sure the apocalypse alien has come through the wormhole and they're going to kill everything in this galaxy because that's their yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, because ideally, as as everything was starting off, my first thought was like, well, why is this a bad thing? You know? The, the, Working the board, with the Borg, you mean? Yeah, the, no, no. Why are why is the appearance of the species a bad thing? Because it's oh. the Borg. We don't like the... We hate the Borg. Right. They are awful. These guys can clearly fuck them up. And who Why says that in the episode? Someone says that, right? Is I it, think somebody Kim? must. I, I think Kim brings it up. He's like, they're our friends now because they hate the Borg. And Chakotay says, not so fast. <clears throat> yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it is one of those things where it's like, well, you know, on, on, on paper, maybe this isn't so bad. But obviously, if it, if it stops them from, uh, from, from getting anywhere, it, it needs to be addressed. But, yeah, it, I, I think that you, you, they end up needing to have to make them seem objectively evil otherwise and farther reaching than the borg they don't just hate the borg they hate everything that's on this side of the the universe yeah yeah because it would be i think they're like the the nihilists from the big lebowski they believe in nothing they believe in nothing slap except for slap base (laughs) um yeah because i i think janeway's decision becomes harder and I, i actually think there's a better wiggle space to create dialogue between the two of them is if Species A four seven two only wants to kill the Borg. That's like their their only thing for whatever reason is that they don't like the Borg, and this is going to be the outcome. Because then it becomes an argument about is the genocide of your enemies a good thing? You know, it, it becomes a like, and and the Borg make that a difficult argument because the Borg are just one thing. There is no argument that like people are different, and you can't judge all the groups by the same thing because the Borg are literally just one thing. Mm. Um. But they don't do that. So instead, you have Janeway arguing for making a deal with the devil and Chakotay bringing up the the very... I have never heard this story told with a fox and a scorpion. It's a fucking frog, first of all. The frog oh. has to swim oh, across yeah. the water. Uh, well, did, I feel like... A, does that work? I think a scorpion is kind of too similar in size to a frog, would it not be? It's always a frog. Is it's it a, a frog? Why is, a fro- why is a fox swimming across the water? It's a, it's a frog that swims. Get to the other side of the water. <laughs> Same reason the chicken crossed the road. <laughs> there was, why did you cross it? Because it was there, said the frog. Um, <laughs> I think they, he, they might be mixing up. What's that other parable? Uh, the fox? Well, there's the, the riddle of getting the chicken, the grain, and the fox across the, yeah, the water. I th- they might be mixing it up with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Chicote takes the, the, the deal there. So the Borg represent, are represented by the scorpion. Um, what did you think of their argument? What did you think of the disagreement between Chicote and Janeway in terms of the series, in terms of the episode, all that stuff? Um, I thought it was good. I think it was nice to see 
them actually uh, <clears throat> debating some stuff on the show instead of just sort of uh, <laughs> having a concept and then just not really doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. It was nice to have the characters actually voicing some opinions and and uh, setting up a uh, ethical dilemma um, that uh, I I think I think the one thing is <clears throat> excuse me I do think Janeway goes a little too hard I think there's they probably could have dialed her back a little bit in her um, it, it's it seems like her zeal for genocide yeah it seems like at a certain point she just like turns into Mr. Hyde or something when it comes mm-hmm. to genocide because she's like I'm going to make a deal with the board <laughs> <laughs> you know it's yeah so it's it's a little I think there's there's a little room for Janeway to be a little bit more conscious of of what she's doing because it's a big swing you know it is a big even, swing even if it works there's no guarantee that that's going to be good for anybody um, I would I yeah I think I know what you're saying like I would I appreciate the the battle lines being drawn in the points of view, because I like that for Voyager because the show hardly ever has characters disagree about anything, really. Mm-hmm. A lot of Voyager I was, I was recognizing is Voyager is the Star Trek show where the characters explain shit to each other and no one yes. disagrees about anything. They just yeah. explain shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to have them disagree about something. I think <clears throat> that the disagreement because they were trying to stress that this is the problem of the episode, they forced Janeway into a position where she's not exactly nuanced about what she's doing. And I think, I think it would benefit both of the characters' arguments if they were a little more nuanced about it. And it was more like a, it, it was less of like a polar opposite thing and more of a trying to find a middle ground about what, what the best version of the center agreement is between them. Because I think that, as you're saying, like her zeal for killing the Borg or not even really considering like that's the problem that we're coming up against undercuts her a little bit and getting home. It, I just feel it, fly, it flies counter to her previous episodes where she's had that issue of the, the getting home faster and getting across Borg space. seems like a low gain for the cost of what she's proposing yeah. really. So I feel like they could have done that a little bit better. Yeah. And I also started asking questions in my head too, like, all right, when they go on the ship, it's like, okay, put down your gun. As long as you don't present yourself as a threat, then they won't do anything to you. And then I start thinking, well, then why don't you just like casually fly through Borg space? Right. right. Like why, what, <laughs> just turn, take your, turn your shields off, put, turn up your mariachi music or something, show everybody you're having a good time yeah, and just cruise your way. I guess. And so that's the thing too. It's like, the Borg seem very single-minded. Well, literally single-minded, but um, <clears throat> it seems a little weird to me that this is even necessary when it's clear that they have, like, like the scene where all of the Bo- the Borg cubes just go whisking by them. The thing that tells me is that this new species is a bigger issue yeah. than Voyager, right. and so it it kind of makes me think. Well, then why? Are they worried about flying through Borg space at all? If they're oh right, let them have thing. the war. You want to prolong right. the war between the Borg and species they right exactly. Just you know, kind of moonwalk your way out of there. You know, this is true. So now we're running into the issue of say they did that. You've set up eight four seven two as a galactic ending threat at that point. So mm. you have to reverse course. That's right. The thing. Yeah, 
you have to they've once you set it up as the galactic ending thing it's like well you can't just leave the board to it yeah Yeah. and obviously harry's got giant alien boogers come out of his face (laughs) right and i i didn't actually i don't remember how scorpion wraps up but that must be the turn right is that they get to it and they realize that 8472 is a bigger threat at this point and they have to work with the Borg to defeat them, you know, in a way that's not just, here's the toxin that will kill them. It has to go deeper than that. I, I honestly don't remember how it works out, but um, yeah. What'd you think of the the episode as an action uh, spectacle? <clears throat> how, oh, what'd you think of its good. pacing and everything like that? I thought its pacing was kind of neat. Um, it has a lot of callback things. The the Borg graveyard is very similar to the graveyard of ships at Wolf 359. Like there's like mm-hmm. very obvious sort of comparisons about what you're supposed to be seeing. Um, I thought that the scenes moved well to the next one, like the pace kept going. And I thought that that was pretty effective. Um, the Borg cube is probably the, I understand why they had to do it. Um, I think that the Borg cube sequence is probably my least favorite of the sequences. Um, you mean when when the away team goes on there? When they go they on get, the on the cube, yeah, 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 and they see the the new alien and stuff like that. They I understand why the, they had to do it. Uh, the Borg the, bodies exhibit. Yeah, the the Hellraiser type or like a Event Horizon <laughs> Borg just piled in pieces. Yeah, I thought that they did. I, I think that the idea of eight four seven two is kind of novel. You just can't assimilate them, and you know, yeah. there's they're they're more powerful than everything else. They have the bio ships and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, but and then at, at the end, I thought the end was fine. Um, I'm not really crazy. Like, it's another thing of the scale being blown up. And there's more. There's a patron comment about this. So I'm kind of holding off on saying anything, but there's a sense of the scale of like blowing up the Borg planet. Is is that what the planet was? It was the Borg planet. Yeah, they said there were three planets in that system, and they're all Borg. There's like oh, billions of Borg gotcha. on each on each planet. Gotcha. Um, this is. It's. I. I think my problem with it is that this is the turning point of where like TV budgets and just a general sense of like how movies have developed recently, it's, it's getting too big. Yeah. Really. The, it's like the, the problem is too big for me yeah. to really think that this is a believable or like relatable or not even relatable, but like it just comes back to the best of both worlds. It's such a small conflict. You never see anything outside of what's going on on the enterprise, right? You don't see right. Wolf 359 yeah. or anything. You just see the after effects. You don't see... The Borg is not, the Borg ship is not like bombarding Earth and people, you know, like cities are being destroyed and stuff like that. It's just it gets there at the very end and then they stop it. But I don't know how you felt about it. I I feel that my biggest problem with Scorpion is that it feels like it's trying too much to be too big of an event. And on a TV budget and with the concept of the Borg and with how bigger galaxy ending stories just don't feel as satisfying, I feel that that's where it falls apart a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. I think just I think it's all <clears throat> inherent with the way they present the new species is it's just there's nothing behind them other than oh they're they're just bigger and badder than the Borg. Yeah. You know, cuz the 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 whole thing that made the Borg special the first time they showed up was that they did have this really fucked up ethos that was sort of a dark mirror image of what the Federation was doing. Yeah. And so 
just uh, <clears throat> having a new guy show up who's just not to go back to wrestling, but having the Ultimate Warrior show up who's just got bigger muscles. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, <laughs> uh, it's a, it 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 only gets you so far, unfortunately. Yeah. And I mean, like blowing up the planet. You know, <clears throat> I think that stuff. Like at this point, who who cares? Like it's it's a it's a planet full of Borg, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, it's like you know, in in Star Trek two thousand nine, when Vulcan gets blown up, is it Vulcan? Yeah, it's Vulcan. Yeah, when Vulcan gets blown up, that works because everybody knows that Vulcan, what Vulcan is and the fact that you see Spock and all that, you know, all that kind of bullshit. Yeah. There's a, there's an emotional attachment to it. Um, that anchors the, the cosmic level thing that's happening here. It's just, Oh, they have the capabilities to blow a planet up, I guess, which is it's. And also you're getting into that, that space where it's like, I never thought you could do this on star Trek, but it's like, uh, when, when I was watching, I think I've probably mentioned this before, but when I was watching 24, um, I I knew that they had jumped the shark when someone set off a nuclear bomb inside the borders of the United States. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, we've lost all people. First of all, people just don't know how nuclear bombs work anymore, that they are setting them off as the opening season premiere plot point of the show <laughs> <laughs> of this fairly quote unquote grounded show. Someone set off a dirty nuclear bomb in downtown Los Angeles. It's like, okay, that's, I don't think Jack Bauer is the thing we should be focusing on if that happens. Yeah. Um, but it's just like this level of destruction and level of whatever that's just it's it's hard to relate to. And yeah. it also it's like you're saying, it's just too it's too big. Like it's too big of a thing to to happen with zero consequences. Like something yeah. like that should like blowing up a planet should like destabilize the entire solar system or you know what i mean yeah yeah well even then it even then the the consequence there is 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 large like i i I almost think that star trek as a show is probably better suited to they want the war to continue and they spend a couple episodes trying to sneak across borg territory or something and there's Mm -hmm. like there's all the the nuance of what's going on with there i think at that point that also gives you it gives you a little bit of chance to like you can actually have a four seven two species be about something. They're they're allowed to become a like an, an opinionated species that has like a a thing that they're about. Yeah, and you could contrast that with the Borg and everything like that. I I feel there's a whole. Do you feel sorry for the Borg? It sounds like you don't because you're like oh, let's blow up all the Borg planets. But like I'm I I was wondering if the show had had a moment to. You know, especially they read the quotes from Picard where he's like, fuck the Borg. I hate all the Borg all the yeah. time. They're all the worst. Do you, like, I feel like there was a moment, and maybe the franchise flip-flops because it does whatever is best for it, but the, the show and the franchise wants to flip-flop between the Borg are salvageable and the Borg are not salvageable. Right. Like, yeah. And they never really give a good answer for the way they're constructed I think reality would tell me that they are an unsalvageable thing. But what they do is they separate people from the collective and they give them their lives back. And then they say, see, yeah, they can be people too, which I feel is not really true because it's like the collective is the Borg. So like the, once you pull people out of it, it's not really the same 
thing that you're dealing with. You haven't convinced anybody of anything. You've just kind of like turned them back to the way they were. But as they're functioning as a collective, they're pretty nasty. But I don't know. What, did you? So I, I guess what I'm saying is like, do you do you feel bad for the Borg in this episode at all that they've come against a nasty creature, or are we supposed to feel bad for them or anything like that? Um, I think you're. You know, I'm not totally sure. I, I feel like you're probably supposed to feel bad if not feel bad i think i think one of the things that it does do is it 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 repositions the borg and makes you kind of view them as regardless of what they have or haven't done they are a a species of beings yeah living living yeah and like at what level do you put aside your hatred of what they may or may have uh, they may or may not have done in the service of you know, um, helping someone the, when they're down, human, you know human I mean? rights or yeah, yeah the, human, the humanity it. of, of, of helping them out. Cause like it's, <clears throat> if you, if you believe for a second that anybody could be saved from the Borg, then you probably don't want to be of yeah. the mindset that you should just kill everybody. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think, which I think given what they're going to do next season, pretty good move because, now with you've seven, got you mean. with seven yeah because if you're bringing a borg onto the ship as part of the crew and you know that's really putting a face to um the idea that underneath the stormtrooper helmet is an actual person yeah yeah i i run into Brain, brainwashed or not you know yeah I, I guess it runs into i guess it kind of runs into the problem because it's like the because they're they're maybe it'll be probably a good something to talk about when seven actually shows up, but like their their actions as the collective are all that kind of matters to me, really. Yeah. So it's like I I think that I feel that like it's not the it's it's an action episode, so they're not particularly interested in this, and I'm not gonna hold it against them, but I feel like there 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 was a space for a little bit of discussion and even more crew animosity and debate about like whether or not the Borg deserve help. And, and maybe that yeah. like, because that what they're doing, they're using them only to get home faster, to get across their ter- territory. So it's not right. like there's yeah. a real concern for what the situation is about them. And I think yeah, some of the crew they're not members, doing it out of the kindness of their heart, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's like, a, it's a purely transactional thing, which is, which is kind of fine. And I'm okay with that, but it's, um, I guess it's just rubbing up against like the galaxy ending implications. It doesn't feel like uh, maybe that's part two, but it doesn't feel like the crew has really like come to deal with that yet. They're just kind of like, we need to get home. So we're going to, we're going to do what we need to do. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's, it's difficult. Cause you gotta, you know, you gotta kind of think of like what the relatable, um, version of that would be. It's like if, if in world war two, this new entity showed up and was only targeting the Nazis mm-hmm. and was in danger of wiping the Nazis out. Do you help the Nazis or do you go, eh, fuck them? Cause I feel like most people would say, eh, fuck them and probably rightly no, so, but they would, but in that, in that analogy, after killing the Nazis, they would kill everybody else. Is right. The, the situation here. Right. So it's that's like, yes, thing. I, yeah. I, and maybe that's the, I mean, I guess you need that for the complication, but that is my, that is my argument against the Borg. Like I would be, f- I think the galaxy is better without the Borg in it, I suppose. Yeah. It's, it's just that they have to 
amp it up by, you know, Species A472 can't be There's, that nuanced. I don't think this is a, an exact one-to-one, but it, it reminds me a little bit of in, in Oppenheimer. Um <clears throat> there's a, there's a part where I I might be screwing this up, but it more or less I think this is what it is. Uh, they one of the scientists comes up with a calculation where he thinks that there's a chance they might destroy the entire world, like the mm-hmm. that the uh, chain reaction would never stop and the actual yep. atmosphere yeah. would catch fire. And um, it's uh, or maybe, I can't remember if it's that specifically or if it's just the bomb in general. But he break, they go to Einstein, talk to Einstein about it. And, uh, and he, and basically the, uh, Oppenheimer's like, what should we do if this is true? And he said, you should, you should give this calculation to the Nazis immediately because Mm -hmm. giving, because it's the kind of thing where it's like you as a human being would have to realize what was going to happen if they continued down this road where it supersedes any sort of political or war based thing where it's like, no, you don't understand this. We're, we're going to end the world. And so mm-hmm. we have to come to a certain compromise for for the greater good, but uh, you know, I don't know how much that relates, but it just popped into my head as we were talking about it. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a so like the the Nazis are distinct from the Borg in that way. Like I would say that the uh, it's interesting because it's a level of belief, but there are, there are certain groups now. If you gave them that weapon, they would use it and destroy the world. Like it's typically yeah. religiously inspired. Like if you believe in jihad yeah. or something, you're going yeah. to use that weapon. The Borg and the Nazi, the Borg are more like that. I think than the Nazis were who the Nazis were more like of a political thing. You know, it's like they, they were, it's kind of like the Soviets. They're based in reality on some level. Right. They're like, well, we can't all die. That would be a terrible thing to happen. Yeah. Um, the Borg, I guess are the, the other way, and that the Borger, you know, willing to throw themselves away and blow up ships and stuff like that. And I apologize if I took two separate scenes from Oppenheimer and pushed them together, but the, <laughs> the sentiment is what I was trying to get at. <laughs> it's fusion, not fission. Yes. Or the other way around. All right, so we can go to Patreon thoughts if you want at this point, unless you have anything else you want to say about Scorp. Um, I don't think so. Uh, Did you like the ending with the ship just fucking off, <laughs> carrying Voyager along? <laughs> uh, no, because it kind of it kind of speaks to what we we're talking about about the planet explosion being too big. Because this planet explodes, and and basically after that, it's just Janeway going, "Whoa!" Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I I maybe that you've reminded me. I like the Janeway on the cube scenes probably less because it's a lot of bad shaky body acting. And I don't know why they brought her onto the ship at all in the first place. That makes no sense. It's just a plot thing. They didn't pick a very visually interesting place to do that. Like, I guess, (laughs) I guess they didn't, they didn't want to build a set. So they, it's clearly a blue screen behind her, but like, I mean, it's supposed to, it's supposed to convey that there's a lot of Borg, I guess on there, but it looked like she showed up in on like a catwalk, of like a convention center or something. The, sa- a, the place where uh, where Archer talks to Daniels, where he's yeah, they're looking yep. down at the whatever foundation yes. day thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. If you also poor road design there, if the, all the Borg are leaving work at the same time, they have to go across that that one crosswalk to get to the other side. You just yeah. you get traffic jams for days. I've played SimCity. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so I guess we're done with Scorpion. I also, I didn't mind the ending, but it's another thing. It's like the planet blows up, all the Borg ships get blown up, and then that one just survives and it pulls Voyager away. Um, 
I maybe would have preferred the impending A472s bearing down on them or something like that as they, you know, the Borg are getting ready for it or whatever, but it's not what happens. Way too close to that explosion. Yeah, like that's, pretty close. I feel like that's the kind of thing where you got to do it. It's way, way off in the distance and... They see you it know, from afar they see and they it, see the, yeah. And then like a couple seconds later, they get hit with the wave or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's well, just that's the scene, that's the scene in, Come on. That's the scene I would have liked to see the Borg cubes flying by, like all the Borg cubes leaving after that happens, I think. is I, I, I didn't mind it. It's just I, I, I've, I, I can understand Minoski and Braga's idea that that's what they want to do. Like mm-hmm. that's how you escalate this. But I'm I, looking in hindsight, I'm just like, uh, I, I, it's just well, not as I, effective. I'm surprised they didn't put a finer point on on that scene because I think the the thing that's notable about it is that the Borg are running away. Yeah, which is not something the Borg do. And so, oh, I think. Well, I think they're running. They're running towards the battle, right? They're going towards the battle because they get destroyed where they are. Oh, the, that's the, all the ones that are flying by. That's what they're doing. They're going. Towards, I think. Oh, okay. I think they're right. going to help. I other thought they Borg were running from. I don't think so. I, I probably just wasn't paying attention to that part, but. Well, I mean, I I only assume that because they, when they chase them down, they're all destroyed, and I, I oh sure sure. Yeah. So I thought that they were going to where there was a bad thing happening or something. Well, but then I either way. I like it less then because I think it would be better if they were running away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it, and yeah, because they haven't they haven't seen species A four seven two at that point. I don't think no, they haven't because they don't know what they're doing. Right. So we'll see. We'll see what, what they should do. Like. The species they should see. The species starring Natasha Henstridge, because then there would be no reason for violence after you watch that movie. Everyone would Except be violence to your own yeah, yeah. other reasons. <laughs> everyone, everyone would have post nut clarity about what the situation of the moral, the moral dilemma is. Resistance is futile, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> we have Robert Beltran in there too. I can't find the fact here, but the other the other writerly thing that I really enjoyed about this is that um, just a naming convention. I'm trying to find it now, but I can't find it. But uh, originally. Species A four seven two had another digit on their name, and I think they wisely cut it because that's a it's a nice rhythm to eight four seven two. It's like easily rememberable, and like mm-hmm. it has a has like a telephone cadence to it. You just kind of say it. But if you eight four seven two three is too many digits in their mm-hmm. name, you know. What if you said eighty four seventy two? I guess that still works. What if you said eight six seven five three zero nine? Ooh. <laughs> the they Jenny species. Just, they, yes, this is Jenny. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll go to patron thoughts then. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. If you enjoyed the content and our coverage of the third season of Voyager, which thankfully is done, but we'll get to more about that in the wrap-up show next week. You can leave your thoughts at patreon.com slash file. A couple dollars a month gets you that ability. It also gets you extra podcasts that you can listen to, and that's always fun. So go there, patreon.com slash file, and support us and support the podcast. Clay, I will send you the first one to get going here. I'm going to send it over to our Discord. <clears throat> you guys can join the Discord if you're so inclined to talk about Star Trek and everything else, chess, movies, video games, etc. Clay, this is fragrant farter Kyle Barrett. Our most pretentious of patrons and listeners who does not appreciate other people's opinions very well. Scorpion Part 1. 
an engaging and well-performed episode that dumps a big old dilemma on Janeway and then gleefully watches her struggle and squirm like we've never seen before. Making Janeway lonely and desperate is a fascinating direction, but what sells it is Chakotay's reaction, finally willing to disagree with his captain. I wish their relationship was always like this instead of Chakotay being some dickless dickleby, mm-hmm. allowing Janeway to stand on his back and work his arms like an elliptical. <laughs> Because their scene in the ready room is his best in the entire series. Making species A472 pure evil eliminates some of the moral dilemma, but focuses things more on the Borg, which is probably wise. From Indiana Jones to James Bond, Lord of the Rings, to that appearance on BBC Question Time, where he banged on a desk and shouted, Oh, woman, at someone who disagreed (laughs) with him about Trump. John Rhys Davies is always good value even if brian blessed should have been cast instead five woke recastings of foxes taking the roles of honest hard-working frogs and retellings of aesop's fables out of five let's not forget sliders slide he was that's how my first introduction oh, he's in to john sli- yeah, he's in sliders, was sliders. Yeah. yeah i mr mallory i have no i have not enough viewings of sliders to, but for some reason i think that sliders is underrated for whatever reason. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's, that's a, a viable thing to think. That's a hot take based that's, on no evidence. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's the kind of opinions that the internet needs, which is that I haven't seen this, but I'm sure. It's I only related. have the vaguest of memories from when I was about 11, but I feel like that show should have won multiple Emmys. It, it should have done a lot more. It's such a clear quantum leap ripoff, unfortunately, that it, that's the downside of it. But... Norman Buckwald says, Scorpion Part 1, I have to admit the second Borg story in Voyager ends up being one of the better ones in Trek. Yeah, Janeway's clever idea is definitely controversial, but it does provide the dilemma, how do you get home with this big Borg territory in front of her? Species A472 is also intriguing as a new Dalek. Is it Dalek or Dalek-style bad? Uh, Dalek. Dalek-style bad. And it's clearly told in context that the entire galaxy may be in danger, and I'd argue much more compelling than all the times in Discovery when the same case was made. And I even find part two more compelling. Five, eight, four, seven, two ships in a pattern as a Death Star out of five. Go to the next comment here. Woodrow, I'll just read this one. Scorpion, Can I, part before one. you start that, mm-hmm. I just don't think the design is good on these guys. Like the ships are look like flying dildos. Yeah, and the actual nice. species is like, I don't know, a tripod. That's their big thing is that they have three legs. Oh, is that so, what it is? Oh, I thought yeah. they were like, I thought it was like four. So it's like that that weird AI picture you generated. Was that guy with the yes. chicken hand? He was actually. Yeah, that, he, that's what I typed in. 80, give me a picture of eight four seven two, and they gave me that thing. Yeah, <clears throat> AI can't do hands. I guess, but yeah, it's a uh, so fascinating. That's why all the Borg only have like little spinny things. That, that's I should just say hands. yeah give us Borg hands and all the all the things but would you I mean you you draw for a living is the hand the hardest thing to is there something just hands the are, AI can't do it hands are uh, deceptively difficult yeah yeah because they're they they can um you don't realize <laughs> they, how many I thought you're gonna say they can bend yeah there's a lot can, of yeah. points of inflection it's a lot of yeah. different angles and like yeah. they don't the way the way that they bend is not uniform from does not look uniform from every angle you know right yeah because so, all your fingers like, are different sizes yeah. yeah once you get into like perspective they start getting kind of weird and all that kind of stuff so yeah but ai is very bad at it at this it, point it's so terrible it's so yeah. fascinating yeah it's very bad i i find i find the ai stuff really interesting because 
there is it it really shows you um how how the human eye views an image to a certain yeah. extent because it creates this impression of what you're asking it to do that at first at first glance even the good ones or I should say especially the good ones at first glance they look flawless yeah and they look then fine yeah you kind of like take a second to really take in what you're looking at and then you start seeing some weird shit then you start yeah. seeing weird chicken hands <laughs> yes. and third legs and yep. perspective that just doesn't make any sense but it's it's a really it's a really interesting look at the idea of what image making is yeah uh, how it's it's about training these <clears throat> machines to look at something in a human way it, it's really just a different way of viewing reality what the what the machine wants is not what we are like this is a normal looking picture it's it's looking at something completely different and just spitting it out but um firefly did improve with that update it made it made things look bad it still has as you were saying it has like horrible flaws in it still but it's like it, it's much more realistic looking than it was a couple uh, weeks ago so i just feel bad because there's a whole um i, I mean <clears throat> i don't think i don't think you should they, it should be used for commercial stuff um but i think there's a whole subset of digital artists who are who are probably very wrongly going to get ostracized because a lot of that stuff looks a lot like their artwork and this has yep. the same kind of glossy computer style to it yep. that is the way that a lot of people paint digitally and stuff and now that look is so become so ubiquitous with ai that it's going to be really difficult for a lot of those people i think to not get written off as as ai artists even if they're if they're yep. not using ai i, I mean, hope not yeah. i hope that's not the case but that's how it seems to me I mean, if you have it, if you have Firefly do non-photorealistic image generation, it comes out pretty good. It looks, it looks yeah. fine. Like it doesn't have these weird issues of being photorealistic that it has. But I mean, it's a, uh, I mean, it's kind of self-fulfilling because I assume a lot of those artists are using Adobe products, right? So Adobe mm. gave them the ability to, to make their art with the limitations of Adobe. You know what I mean? Like they, they gave them the tools that gave that style to arise yeah. and now adobe is kind of claiming it back and saying like because i i guess adobe is kind of interesting adobe firefly only uses adobe stock images and videos so that's why it's kind of mm. limited at this point because it's not yeah. going out there and like grabbing everything but which is ethical i think too for adobe but it is just like yeah if you used it yeah it's i think it's still a little dicey but yeah <clears throat> we'll see it'll all sort itself out maybe we'll see <laughs> It's just, it's just a year from now, it's going to be a million times better. Oh, than yeah. It is, right? no, that's the yeah, thing. It's, that's, yeah. that's the problem. We're yeah, going to look back at this and go like, what What the fuck were we talking about? Like, this doesn't look like anything, but it's... Maybe be. it's just, that's the fail safe, is that whoever wrote this, these programs were like, we have to make sure that this thing doesn't become completely sentient. So just make yeah. sure it can't draw hands because yeah. that drives every other, every, every <laughs> real artist insane. There's no reason the computer writer should be any different. Let me see your hands. This is Royale with Scorpion Part One. Scorpion Part One. So so much has <clears throat> so much has been written about and said about Scorpion that I'll just use this opportunity for a challenge to the podcast. Is this episode better or worse than Best of Both Worlds? Why, why do I, I? I've seen a few people say that. I I don't even think it's close. 
<clears throat> yeah, we'll, if, we'll answer it here. Finish the comments and we'll and answer And if so or not, what storytelling element made, made Best of Both Worlds or Scorpion the better story? Is Riker's dilemma and character contradictions more compelling than Janeway's? I want to be captain slash I don't want to be captain versus the prime directive is worth saf- sacrificing the crew for slash to hell with the Federation principles. I'm getting my crew home with an alliance with the Borg. Even Chakotay adopts a Federation-like stance against Janeway's cynical and pragmatic Maquis-like stance when it comes to the Borg, the definitive Star Trek episode, five out of five. What do you think? You think Scorpion I, I is don't, much better? Kyle Barrett, I, don't, I couldn't no. tell if he was trolling, but he said Scorpion is better than Best of Both Worlds. I don't. I, it's, the, the, the Borg are just such a compelling villain the, and the, the, that it's really difficult to um, put them up against these guys because I don't, I don't really find these guys compelling. I, I find that the ethical thing is interesting. That's definitely the highlight of the episode. Um, but I also think the, 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 just the pure uh, craft of best of both worlds. Part one is much better, much better. It's than a, this. it's a mu- it's so there's so much more neat tone and like eerie terror. Yeah. That's Can you in think best of, of a worlds? single shot in this episode that comes close to, Locutus turning and looking into the camera for the first time. I even the, think the the first time they see the cube when they zoom yeah. in on it and the music starts playing in the background. And, and let's not. I mean, would you rather would you rather see uh, the shock wave of a CGI planet exploding than doing a track in <laughs> on fucking Jonathan Frakes when he says fire at the end? Come on, yeah, yeah, let's be yeah. serious, guys. It's it's I, fine. It's 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 a fine episode, but best of both worlds, it is not. <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, best of both worlds is far beyond it. I, the, the two reasons, uh, just to recap from that I said about the episode, is that um, Voyager feels like it's trying to be big. Best of both mm-hmm. worlds is much more effective at being a small episode. And I do think that Riker's dilemma is more interesting than the debates about whether or not you work with the Borg in this episode. Yeah. But Riker losing a father figure and sort of like tying it into whether or not he wants to leave the Enterprise and then being forced to be put into that role and stuff like that is just a neater... Um, concept and it's it's just way more eerie i like the eeriness of best of both worlds it has great yeah. music it's just so like creepy you know it's all, all that stuff so scorpion's a fine episode but it's just in comparison to, to paraphrase to paraphrase the amish guy from that episode of the simpsons when they're trying to build a pool tis a fine episode you've got here english but tis no best of both worlds <laughs> Tax Bear says, Scorpion Part 1, ah, the there's something even worse than your worst antagonist plot. I like both the idea of Species A472 and their bioships, as well as that of a bargain with the Borg, even if this two-parter suffers from 90s CGI. Also, I wish spe- uh, Species A472 was just bioships. Come on, make some really alien aliens already. It's a good point. Did they need to be tripod people walking around? Yeah, I think there's... I think there's there's, I don't find anything scary about these guys. The Borg are inherently scary. I think they could have probably taken a different approach to them visually that would make them much more scary. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> instead of, you know, looking like the rock looking. at the end of uh, The Mummy Returns or whatever. Yeah, they, he remind, they remind me of um, <clears throat> Motaro from, uh, oh, yeah. from Mortal Kombat or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. This is Bob J. Kester. Kintaro. It up. Is it Kintaro? Kin- I think it's Kintaro. Kintaro. It's the one be. from the 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 tiger striped one. Yeah, he's like a he's like a horseman 
uh, like a oh, centaur type thing. Oh, I, isn't, oh isn't, okay. I know what you think. I know what you're Isn't that Motaro? About. I think his name was Motaro. You read this comment. I'll look it up. <laughs> Scorpion part one. My favorite part is the behavior of the, in, the individual Borg drones on the day. Yeah, it's ship. Motaro. Motaro. There we go. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. Simultaneously pathetic and dangerous, and they and the way they and the away team keep overtaking each other, moving in the same directions, and trying to do essentially the same thing. Looking forward to the rare Trek part two that's better than part one. Four out of five. Hmm. Not an uncommon opinion, I guess, at this point. Uh, sorry, for some reason, skip there. Matt Ross says, Scorpion part one, the opening of the cubes being destroyed and then then and when I see it now always makes me go, what the heck? The warp drive wakes of the Borg cubes and Voyager being tossed aside. The realization of being more in Borg space and attempts to get around it unscathed is interest, interesting, as is the CGI alien 8472 being super tough and a bigger existential threat. Hollow Da Vinci is a useless drain in the episode and a waste of John Rhys Davies. That aside, the deal with the devil, complete with a Christian symbolism in the background, being worked out by Janeway is a dark and desperate decision that seems another questionable choice, and the pain she emotes is about being alone worth the weight of command is a nice character development. Of course, Ensign Kim is attacked with a yellow-green alien snot. Four cubes out of five. I'm never yeah. going to complain at a John Reese davies appearance, so... Did I actually you like, like the DiCaprio, the, or not the DiCaprio, DiCaprio stuff? It was great. <laughs> Did you like the Da Vinci? When he tried to, when he tried to draft Paris and Kim into the pussy posse. <laughs> um... Yeah, I did. I, and I think it's 90% John Reese davies but I, I thought it was just, it was pleasant and it was, uh, you know, it, <laughs> is, that a, is that a whole subroutine on um, uh, hollow novels or whatever you want to call them, where it's mm-hmm. like you, there's a version where you get to be smarter than one of the world's greatest. I, I was thinking, thinking it looks like you're building a flying machine, yeah. Leonardo. Can I give you a little hints how to do this better, dipshit? <laughs> it's it's very smug. It's an incredibly smug. I would just it would be like me making like a caveman program and being like, make the fire, motherfucker. <laughs> like it's, it's that kind of thing. It's just very, very silly. Hat says Scorpion Part 1, Janeway's plan is to delete the doctor if the Borg choose to take the information. Let's reimagine this and say Tuvok had the information memorized. I highly doubt Janeway would ever consider this plan and put Voyager in a position where her plan B was to execute Tuvok. Granted, the doctor, I presume, would be reinitiated with factory settings, but I really felt like there should have been a scene where we see the doctor volunteer for this. In unison with Part 2, I would consider this a 5 out of 5, but as a single episode, it's a four unnecessary skeletal locks out of 5. I did I did like the transporter locking out of the skeleton. That was I mean, unfortunately you don't get the fun version of that, which is just it only transports the skeleton. Yeah, I know. Which that, would be great. I didn't like the little um she's like, I'll I'll beam them out with their skeleton and Janeway looks at it and she goes, I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like something you don't need to say. Uh, Point Extra G says, Scorpion Part 1, they definitely try to grab your attention with the Borg right away. Everything from the cold open all the way to the all the way through the episode is solid. They try to outdo the best of both worlds cliffhanger ending, but it seems like it is building to something. And it's got John Reese davies and is just who's just very randomly inserted. Is is it Davies or Davis? Sorry, am I pronouncing it? I believe correctly? it's Davies. Davies, okay. Yeah. This is Jaron Hatch with the latest comments and I'm going to send this one to you and you can read it. 
The show is clearly aping the success of Star Trek's other season three Borg cliffhanger, which should be a recipe for an eye rolling flop, but it somehow works. While the Borg are starting to lose their teeth at this point in the franchise, the presence of species 8472 really ratchets up the tension. It's, it really works no matter how you say it. Uh, <clears throat> really ratchets up the 8,472. <laughs> <laughs> we need commas in their name, people. Uh, where was I? Uh, really ratchets up the tension and stakes. That said, it's the dynamic between Janeway and Chakotay that makes the episode, and I desperately wish we had seen more of this in the seasons building up to it. And while controversial, I get tickled at seeing Janeway's shift into a might-be-genius, might-be-completely-insane mama bear captain. Her unique brand of measured recklessness makes her a bit of a wild card when compared to the other captains in the franchise, and I am here for it. 4.5 standard definition CGI visual effect shots in desperate need of an HD remaster out of five. Yeah. Quickly, as I move to the next comment, what do you think about Janeway's characterization so far? Um, I, th- I kind of wish they would go further with it and have her just be like more cabin feverish. <laughs> so I wish, I wish it was written in a way that her, it was a consistent character trait, which yeah. I don't think it is. It's not. It's not a consistent that she's always reckless or ready to do yeah. something or push. It does. Button. It does feel like they are writing her for the episode, not for the season or series. Yeah. yeah. Artoria says, "Scorpion Part One, the probably the best two-parter in Voyager. The tension leading up to the deal with the Borg was great. I thought the visual of the dark shadows mixed with the light when Janeway decided to make a deal with Devil, coupled with Mulgrew's look of insight and horror, all in one with the realization of what she was about to do, was fantastic. And guess what else? Chakotay grows some balls and actually acts like a first officer for once. Too bad we didn't get more of this earlier. Side thought: It would have been better to have Vengeful Species Eight Four Seven Two on a galactic warpath with a weakened Borg predicting, predicating an alliance with Starfleet, where Picard." Where Picard had to work with the Borg, the one species he hates, to survive, uh, to survive, to in a survivor die scenario, where he has to deal with PTSD, anger, and mistrust he feels coupled with his duty. Guest starring Janeway, Seven, and the old crew. Five destroyed Borg cubes out of five. Changeling says, Scorpion Part 1, there's a major plot hole in this episode in that Da Vinci could have just given the crew the Ark of the Covenant to fight Species 8472, and it would have been all over with. But then again, it was something man was not meant to disturb. I liked this episode. The highlight was the dynamic between Chakotay and Janeway, but I loved the nonchalant way of Janeway saying, don't worry if we get attacked. I'll make sure to kill the doctor first. Five genocidal weapons being looked after by top men. Top men out of five. Christian Pouch has our next comment about Scorpion, and I will. What send is it the to you. what is the 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 Da Vinci Ark of the Covenant thing? Isn't that those books? Uh, that's what I thought it was those um those big books that were top seller a long time ago, like twenty oh, years ago. The Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Oh, all right. This is Christian Pouch with Scorpion. I thought. Yeah, I thought he found it. I was excited. <laughs> What a fucking banger of an episode. We begin with the shocking and very brief cold open, follow it up with some of the most atmospheric and eerie scenes Voyager has ever done. The fleeing Borg armada is terrifying for multiple reasons. The exploration of the derelict cube is creepy and haunting. The tension of the Borg negotiations is palpable. On top of it all, we get the top-tier interpersonal conflict between Janeway and Chakotay. And the only question is, why don't they let these characters do this all the time? Even the holodeck scene fit in perfectly. Chakotay's Indian story, too. 
five out of five <laughs> and a top 10 in Trek. Incel who needs his pants on says Scorpion part one. This episode reminds us of frogs who ride on scorpions across the river and stung the frog that died and the scorpion drowned and also died because he can't swim this way. That's why he rode the frog three out of five. Thank you. Incel. Maybe, maybe it's just like, you know how there's urban legends that depending on what region of the country you're from, they have like a different aspect to them. Yeah. Maybe that's the deal. Maybe it's just that the, uh, this is telef- like the, Arizona. the telephone game. Yeah. Okay. You're talking about with the fox, you mean? Like yes. The, the, yeah. 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 So or, I mean, up- it's also been 200 years. Maybe the story's just, you know, evolved naturally. I think the frog swimming makes a lot of sense. He would ask the frog, not the fox, to bring him across. Malo Provoso says, sure. Scorpion part one. <laughs> Finally, an episode worth Mr. Malo commenting on. Hoping that you guys discuss Species H472 as a new OP antagonist and that its very name implies that there are only 8,472 different space species known to the Borg. Because me, I thought it would be more like in the hundreds of thousands, if not in the millions plus. Five out of five. Forget the bad pun. Do you think that's it's too low? Seems okay. Uh, I guess, well, I guess that only... Is it I guess humanoid it means species? That it's only uh, that's the number and uh, that's the, the the point at which they discovered them, right? Doesn't necessarily have to be that it's uh, so they oh. could go higher than that. They could have, but they're just stuck in the middle. They found things afterwards. Yeah, I don't. Know. I guess I guess I would say that maybe they're only categorizing species that they can actually assimilate and do things with. So, like a bacteria doesn't mm. count as a species. It has to be like a a thing that you take on with you. You know, you know, one of the one of the I don't know why this reminded me. One of the smarter things in this episode I thought was the um I did like the idea that the Borg are incapable of inventing new things because mm. they gain knowledge from assimilation and they can't yeah. just come up with a different idea about how to do yeah. something. I I I felt that should have been That's fun. That's such a cool idea that I feel like you could play that up more as part of the script. So that's a neat that's a neat realization that that's the case. Yeah, that's pretty good. Atanga says this comment. This is the second to last. You have this one, and then I'll read the final one right after you. So this is Atanga. Atanga. I'm going to kick off this new era of Voyager with an unpopular opinion. Seven of Nine is not a great character. I get Getting it. Getting in early with it before <laughs> she even shows up. Just bring it. I get it that they couldn't just make a female data, but her hostile delivery and smug attitude are so emotional and unborg-like that I have trouble ever buying into the character. Regarding the episode, I never understood the comparison with Best of Both Worlds. Scorpion is much less focused and feels much less important to the universe and the characters. But that said, it's a great leap for Voyager, and I'll even give it an extra tentacle for the awesome shot of the Borg cube noping out of the battle with an outgunned Voyager in tow. Four disgusting nose tentacles out of five. Final comment from Jonas. Scorpion Part 1 five out of five that's it thanks everybody thanks for leaving your comments about scorpion part one you can leave your comments about scorpion part two up on the patreon page become a patron support us there leave your comments all that stuff clay i'm going to say this is like a 4.5 average from the patrons at this point doing public math like that but what do you think about this one is the season ender and the episode itself what you going to give scorpion on our scale of one to five I'll give it a four. That was good. 
Um, is it a top top ten Voyager episode for you? A Voyager? I mean, probably just top top five. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess top three. I don't remember. Probably not. I'm not. I think it's- I'm not. I don't know. It was fine. It was good. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think <laughs> it's top I'm three. Being really, really non-committal I, with my answer. I know you have you have no memory for these things. Yeah, I that's think it's the tough part. I think it's. I think it's top three for me, but Voyager as a whole is less impressive than some of its sister shows. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm also going to give this a four. I thought it was. I really enjoyed this in a way that I find Voyager episodes to be rarely enjoyable while watching it. Yeah. I wouldn't want the show to always be this way, but I thought that this did a good job of, for a show that tries so clearly to ape TNG in a lot of ways, this one was the first one that I was like, you're actually doing a decent job aping a better show. Like Mm. you're doing, your conflict here is semi-interesting. There's some stakes to it. Things are going on and stuff like that. And for that reason, I'll give it a four. But I... Why is it not a five for you? Just because of the bigness of it that we talked about before or just the... Yeah, I mean, that. I think mo- more than that <clears throat> is the... Uh, I just don't really find much interesting about the... About... Uh, the new the, species. The, the number people, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's not a five just because it, it doesn't have, as we said before, like the, the eerie weirdness of Best of Both Worlds is just not... Yeah. there it's just a, it's a repeat of it and it's bigger but it's not as effective as what best of both worlds did so i'll give it a four as well although a couple of people said part two is better the rare two-parter where part two is better so we'll see about that thanks everybody for listening thank you for leaving your thoughts on patreon thank you for supporting us on patreon clay do you have anything you want to say before we go check out the rotten horror picture show on patreon well and on your regular feed but on patreon this year we're doing video nasties we're talking about uh, Dario Argento, Toby Hooper, uh, the grandpappy of them all. In October, we're doing Last House on the Left, mm-hmm. which is a West Cra- West Craven's first movie, minus some of the other weird shit he was doing before. That it's like his first like real movie, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, Badass is on a bit of a break. We should be back soon with Return of the Joker and a bit of a uh, probably do a Q&A. Uh, Sean will probably talk about Zorro or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Check Let's out Sean back on. Yeah, we should, yeah, we should get Voyager. him on to talk about Voyager. Yeah. Check out Sean's Kickstarter uh, for the Zorro book that he is he's in the process of making. It's very, very cool. Uh, yeah, that's about it. And I just I talked to uh, Zach Handlin, who's been on the show before, um, who does some of the Trek reviews, and he was uh, willing to do a joint Patreon podcast where we each put the we'll record the video or whatever and put it on each of our podcast uh, Patreon feeds. Um, that'll probably be about because he's doing Enterprise now. We're kind of opposites of each other. He's doing Enterprise while we're doing Voyager, and he had done Voyager, and we'd already done Enterprise. So mm. I think ta- like a general conversation about like late era Trek would be decent enough to have. Nothing specific, but we'll do that at some point in the future. And that's it, I suppose. We're going to head off to our Q&A session after this. That's going to post on YouTube on Thursday. If you listen to the podcast on, as a podcast on an RSS feed, you can also join our YouTube channel and you'll get these episodes uh, on Thursdays where we talk about a few different questions from the audience. Maybe talk about additional questions that they had while watching the live stream. Or just questions about Clay's love life. 
All, all options are on the table. Thanks very much for listening to our coverage of Scorpion. We'll be back next week with a wrap-up video for the season. We'll see how that goes. It's been so long. And then after that, we'll be back with Scorpion Part 2. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you later.